And we got in a hurry and we skipped a bunch of points and I decided tonight to finish the message. Several of you asked me about the points I skipped. I sent you several of those. But I thought, why get in a hurry? We'll just make it two parts. I think it's needed. Uh, I think the, the points that we skipped are just as important as the points that we preached. So, tonight you say, what if I'm not single or ready to mingle? doesn't matter. You need them. And you, if you're not single, you're going to have kids and you need to teach your kids these principles to help them out. Judge 14, as Samson went down to Timnath, saw a woman in Timnath, the daughters of the Philistines. He came up and he told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath, the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get for me her to wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? There's no one at Cap City? You got 40 singles, there's no one at Cap City. There, there's no one like-minded in church serving God that you could check out and then check out. Or among all my people that thou goest take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samuel, or Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Messed up. That is messed up. So we're going to start at point number seven, because that's basically where we stopped or jumped ahead. So, number seven, let's just get right into business. You need to trust God to bring you the right person. You say, that should go without need to being preached on. That's just not the case. I'm thankful for the young people who went up there, and a message was actually preached on the subject. Young people get themselves in trouble because they don't trust God in the process. Young people, you're going to act really idiotic in your pursuit if you don't believe there's a sovereign God in heaven concerned about you and bringing you the right mate. So as we spoke about last week, you need to focus on you and working on you and preparing yourself and trust God. How many believe we have a God that can be trusted? How many of you think that God's totally unaware of the fact that you're single? And I need to get God's attention because he forgot about me and he didn't have any plans for me and he didn't have a person for me. So I'm going to have to race out there and find some way to get someone's attention because there's just too few Christians that are loving God and serving God and doing right. No one on my level, my caliber, my quality. So... I need to get really desperate here. And we talked about praying and fasting. And uh, they're, they're literally, I know Christian young people, they didn't fast, they went on a food strike. <laughs> God, I'm not going to eat until you give me the person. You're going to starve to death <laughs> if you're going to put God on a 40-day timeline. Well, some of you are heavy enough, you'd go 80 days. But <laughs> a food strike is not the way to go. You need to back up, trust God, and say, God has a plan for me. Let's say that together. God has a plan for me. And guess what? God can hook people up from different states and different backgrounds, different circumstances, as he sees fit. And if you see everyone in here, I've married uh, 22, 23 young couples in this church 
uh, in this church setting. And we were talking the other day, not one of those couples is made up of two young people that grew up in this church. We can look at every one of them with a mate that God brought to them. Maybe they got saved here. Maybe they got saved as a teenager later in life. Maybe they came to the Bible college. But in each case, God was paying attention, and he brought you the right person at the right time. Why hasn't he brought me one? It's not the right. Hold on. Let's say that again. Not the right time. So you're going to have to trust God. We have a microwave generation. They're used to pushing a button. They're used to going to McDonald's. They're used to getting angry to drive through. It takes more than eight minutes to get a hamburger. And that's the way they want God to bring them a mic. I'm going to place my order. God, I'm Amazon Prime. I need a 24-hour delivery. I pay my dues. I tithe and give to missions, which means you owe me a mate. In my timing. Now, young people, let me help you out here. Because in this process, the first thing you need to do, you need to, make, you need to make sure as a single person that you're making Jesus Christ your best friend. That sounds cliche. And as soon as we say it, people just put it out of their minds. Let me help you out, young people. When it comes to marriage, if you don't make Jesus Christ your best friend right now, you're going to be a big, big headache to whoever you marry. You're going to get into marriage, and everything Christ is supposed to provide for you, you're going to want that person to provide for you. And you say, I'm going to get married and end my loneliness. I'm going to get married and fix my problems. I'm going to get married. No, 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 no. Hold on for a minute. You better get to become really close friends with the Lord Jesus Christ because you're going to have some conflicts and some struggles and some problems in that marriage and you're going to become a bigger headache or a bigger burden because you're expecting that person to be Jesus in your life. There's no one who can replace Jesus. So before you ever get to that moment, you make sure that you and Jesus are really close. And when you need to unload or fuss or get a problem fixed, you go to Jesus. God didn't put your mate in your life or your future mate to fix all your problems, solve all your headaches, and answer all your questions and meet all your needs. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And most young people don't establish a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that they should have before they ever get married. And that's going to be a problem in, in marriage. And, and here's why you ought to trust the Lord and establish a relationship with the Lord, because before you ever get married, you better figure out your purpose in life, your mission in life. Now, young people, if you're not taking notes, you better take some mental notes here. This really messes up young people because they don't know Christ enough and, and don't have enough of a prayer life, haven't gotten some things settled, so they're 18, 19, 20, 21, and they don't even know their purpose in life. Talk to young people, what are you going to do with your life? Uh, go to Sonic? Drink cherry limeades, live for God. Before you ever date someone, you need to ask them, so what is your purpose in life? What is your calling in life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you believe God wants to do with your life? Because if they haven't figured that out yet, you shouldn't be courting or dating them until you both figure out who you are. Now, here's what's going to happen, young people. If you believe God's calling you to the mission field, you need to have that figured out and make that clear so you don't marry someone who's going to deviate you from your calling or your mission or your purpose. 
If you, you believe God wants you serving full-time in ministry, you believe it, it, even if you're in your local church, I'm going to be very busy in ministry, you need to figure out if that person has no plans of being busy in ministry because it's going to create a marital conflict. Figure out your purpose now, your calling now, your mission now so that you don't have to tell God, God, I'm sorry because I want to marry this person and he has a different purpose and mission, so we're just going to kind of be frustrated with each other for a while. That'll help you out. So young people, if you're courting age, dating age, whatever you want to call it, you need to ask that person, so what is your purpose in life? I want to be a spiritual toad. Good, me too. I can green light that. If one spiritual toad meets another spiritual toad and they get married, I'm fine with that. But if you want to do something for God, live for God, and serve God, make sure you ask them if they have the same plans. Right? Thank you, preacher. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Number eight. If you are interested in someone outside of your local church, you need to do your homework. Now, around here, it's so strange, 35, 40 singles, qualified, godly, good kids, even Miss Debbie. Good kid, 65, still a kid because she's a kid at heart. But if, if you feel like there's just no one here and you're... Listen, it's a large world. You better, you better check out the church and the pastor. You, you better not just be racing for the first qualified. The young, young people, when it, when it comes to all of this, be careful about your preferences. Well, you know, I want a blonde. She's going to dye her hair six months into marriage, and then what are you going to do? You know, I, I really, I, you know, if they don't have good teeth, preachers, they don't have good teeth. Let me tell you something about in life. Character is not fixable at that stage. Teeth are. I would go with high character, bad teeth, and take her to a dentist, orthodontist. Instead of finding someone with nice teeth and bad character, because no dentist is going to fix that. No orthodontist is going to straighten that out. But you better do some reference checks. I appreciate for Larry Brown. There's a man with experience, been around for a while. And when he got interested in Miss Rhonda, he called me three or four times. We talked for hours. It was like the FBI grilling and drilling. You want to talk about a background check? He said, this is important. I'm going to do my homework. If you go to get a job at McDonald's, they're going to at least make two phone calls. They want some kind of reference check. That Even a day when they're, they're scrambling. Anybody eating McDonald's lately? Me neither. <laughs> but I've eaten fast food at a restaurant. Guess what? They're hiring anybody. If they can find one person to halfway vouch for that, that trying to spit out the appropriate word and not be harmful. Barely qualified. Help, but they still want a reference check. I don't understand. Two people are going to race uh, to get together. And outside of Larry Brown, I've never had anybody 
call me for a reference check. I'm going to marry this person, be together. Well, I know him because we, we've spent some time together. If you spent three years courting and you were together five days a week, you don't know that person. I hate to break the bad news. You don't know that person. Thank you, preacher. You better discover everything you can about that person. Don't ever rush courtship. These kids uh, in a rush. Uh, fifth gear. I mean, fifth gear. Banging around the gate in high school. Like they're ready for the racetrack. They don't even got 50 bucks in their pocket. <laughs> Young people, okay, charity, your family, so I'll be straight up with you. First young man that's interested in you, you just, just ask him, how much money do you have? Bank account, mattress money. Uh, how much money do you have? If they don't have a couple thousand dollars, I would just say, you know what? Get a life and then come back. Just do this. Do this. Just like, get a life. And when you've got enough money to take me out for a steak, come back and talk to me. Uh-huh. It just, just look at me in the eyeball and say, I prefer a steak over a mistake. Yeah. You say, you expect a young person to have a couple thousand dollars? I'm just saying you need to slow down, Charlie Brown. Samson's in a hurry. Give me this woman. I can't trust God to bring me the right person. Well, you know how this worked out. The first time, second time, third time, fourth time. Yeah. However many times it worked out or didn't work out. Number nine for all the smiling faces out there. Focus on growing yourself, maturing physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Stability in these areas will make you a better candidate for marriage. Now, young people clamor, I I need someone. Oh, God, I need someone. God said, no, you need to go fix yourself. And young people, here's why you ought to be very happy with the stage of life that you're in as a single person. You can fix yourself without being in a relationship where someone has to look at you in the eyeball and say, go fix yourself. So you can fix yourself before you get married or you can have someone pulling their hair out saying, would you please fix yourself? What is wrong with you? Because you need some fixing. Your mom won't tell you that and your dad won't tell you that. But if you're single, ready to mingle, you need some fixing. Let me just throw this in as a sub point before we race on to the next point. You need to make sure that you have taken care of your emotional hurts before you ever get married. I'm finding a generation that's been taught and trained to live like victims. They don't don't forgive. They don't move past. They don't heal. Wounds stay open for decades. They're talking about what happened when they were 5, 8, 10, 12, 15, 17, as if it were yesterday. Don't court Because your marriage don't need that. Oh, I know when you're dating and that amazing man says, whatever you need, if it's money, if it's praise, and you're the most beautiful thing on the planet and I'll take care of you. Yeah, wait six months when he's been carrying you around emotionally six months and his arms are so tired he can't deal with it another day. He's about ready to drop you on your head and break your coconut in two. (laughs) You better fix your hurts. Before you ever say, I do. And if that man is emotionally hurt, go a different direction. Run. 
fast as you can. The last thing you want to marry is some man that's emotional. If he cries on a date, make it your last. Uh huh. If he seems needy, let him need another person. Just that's the time to say, you know what, I made a bad mistake. I'm just not going to make it two days in a row. See you later, buddy old pal. That's just some good advice. It'll, it'll help you out. And, and young people, let me, let me tell you this about looking for a mate. We talk about uh, fixing yourself and focusing on growing. You need to find someone who is heavily involved in their local church ministry. I see this with young people. They're involved in their teen years, and they're involved the first year or two out, or they're involved in their Bible college. And then there's that space of life, that str- strange waiting moment. And they become isolated, more and more isolated. Young people, let me tell you something about marriage. Marriage, good marriage takes someone that's extremely selfless. You know what ministry is? It's about serving. It's about learning to pamper yourself less and give more and sacrifice more and love more and serve more. So if you're interested in courting and you see someone who keeps becoming more and more isolated... You need to say, that person is growing in selfishness, not selflessness. Wrong way to go. They're going to bring that selfishness to marriage. And how many of you are married and you'd be willing to help these young people say that selfishness in marriage doesn't work very well? Can you just raise your hand so they can see the testimony? Selfishness doesn't work very well. It takes a lot of selflessness. So... Young people, if you want to become a candidate for marriage, you need to be more involved, doing more, serving more, helping more as often as you can. And for that one that is doing less and serving less and helping less, you need to say, I'm going to let that person bother someone else for the rest of their lives, not me. You might be surprised how much this stuff helps you tonight. The older crowd is quiet because they just made some of these mistakes. You let God work on who you are. You let God shape you and mold you, work in your heart, work on your character, work in your finances. And young people, let me just say this. While God is doing that work, your issues in marriage are going to be under a microscope Whatever quirk or poor character you have, it's going to be magnified in marriage. So young people, when you're courting, do this with yourself. And I would even do it with the person that you're courting. You need to take that issue and just blow it up. You say, what do you mean blow it up? I just magnify it. So if they're a jealous person now before you're married, oh boy. Welcome to hell. Because after marriage, it's only getting a whole lot worse. If they got ticks and... Oh, it's kind of cute. Yeah. It'll be really cute for the next 50 years you're sitting at the table. That's cute when you're courting. It's very ugly when you're married. 
just blow that thing. If, if they seem irresponsible with money and they can't stay within a budget and can't, can't save, yeah, just blow that up. Magnify that 20 years in the future. You, you know what you need to do, young people? In your mind, you need to have a fast forward. So take whatever you are and whatever they are and you fast forward the movie 20 years. We're still broke. Fast forward 20 years, you're sitting at the McDonald's table, and he's going. <laughs> 99 cent menu is still in your hand. Uh-huh. Just learn in your mind. Charity, fast forward button. I know you're listening tonight. The rest of them checked out already. It'll help you. Because if you think that stuff just magically going away, it's not. It's not. We are who we are, quirks and all. You need to really be able to deal with that. I have so many uh, young ladies have told me in the past, well, you know, I'm going to change him. When he's old and has dementia. <laughs> but not before. You ain't changing that sucker. Number 10. I told you we didn't need to skip these points last week or we definitely need to come back, right? How many in agreement? It's, it's okay. We, we had to come back, get them written down. Number 10, vow to stay pure and look for someone who is determined to stay pure. Parents, you need to teach your kids purity and expect purity. And if you're allowing all kinds of garbage into your home, you're putting the phone into their hands too early and you don't have uh, some checks on everything that is computerized, and they're good kids and they're good Christians. I know, I know, but you just ruined that and that possibility by prematurely giving them access to the wrong thing. Charity, the first thing you do with a young man, you find out he has a phone and computer, you ask him, do you have covenant eyes on your phone and computer? And if he says no, say not interested. If he's skirting the rules at 17 or 18, 19, his hormones are out of control, his flesh out of control, he's not reading his Bible app. I promise he's not doing the right thing. The pastor, he's grown up in church, he's pure as the driven snow. Have you ever seen the snow on the streets of Chicago after about two days? Of, he's as pure as that driven snow. Looks like mud slush. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just remember this, you're naive. But don't be stupid difference between naive and stupid. And you need to look him in the eyeball and ask him about pornography. You need to look him in the eyeball and say, what are your viewing habits of internet and television and movies? And you need to get that figured out now. You need to just let him know. We're, I'm planning on getting married pure, so if that's not your plan, you're looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. We're going to date right. We're, we're going to make sure we have the right people with us. We're not going to do anything on the sly. Hey. I, it, it shocks me how many people grow up in this environment and want to do things on the sly. Yeah. If you're in this church, don't facilitate that. Amen. Not in this church. Amen. Listen, there are scores of churches around the nation who do facilitate that. Take your children and allow them to be defiled in another church. Because if your child is defiled and willing to defile, he's going to defile someone else. You make sure you look at someone that's appropriate, considerate. And you can fast forward that too. You fast forward 
that mindset of impurity 20 years is not going to turn out pretty. So, Verity, you're going into Bible college. Now, if, you know, you're about twice the size you are, had an extra eyeball, and a big scarred ear, missing a front tooth, I wouldn't be worried about it. <laughs> but you don't fit any of those descriptions. So someone's going to come that's interested, and you just be like this. You see the ball man over there leads and singing? Talk to him. <laughs> and then lean over so they think you're making a move on them. Just kind of lean in. Say, can I tell you a secret? And they'll lean in. Carries a pistol. Yeah. He doesn't like to shoot. He likes to pistol whip. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So thankful I get to support myself when I preach messages like this. <laughs> you need to explain to them the battle. Let me say this. True purity is not how far you've gone, but what direction you're headed, young people. And you make sure that young man, that young lady is headed the right direction. And they're focused on purity. And I'm going to tell you in this church, we're fighting for purity. We're fighting for our young people to stay pure. And if that's not your battle, you're in the wrong church. If we're not fighting together as a team, and that's in everything, our youth group, our Bible college, our courting couples, we are fighting for purity. We're fighting for our young people to stay pure. Can we keep everyone pure? No, we can't, but we can certainly fight. And if there's a complaint about the pastor, he fought too hard for my purity. I hate his guts. I'm okay with that. Okay, number 11. This is really important. You might not catch it at first, so I need you to pay attention until we get through the point. Find someone who has lived under spiritual covering for a long time. Now, this, this is an issue. Uriah, I'm going to help you out. Okay? Not everyone has spiritual father in their life. My wife didn't have a dad in her life when we met, started courting. She had a Good mother, spiritual mother, didn't have a father in her life. But she had a pastor that was like a father figure. And Brother Ross, president of the Bible College, was like a father figure in her life. But here's what, what I want. I want someone that has a spiritual person in their life, several, that they are accountable to, respond to, submit to, and they understand principles of biblical authority. Right. Now, you're right. If that young lady doesn't understand principles of Bible authority and isn't submitted to that spiritual covering. It may be a, a father. Sometimes some young ladies simply don't have a spiritual father, but they're seeking someone who is spiritual to guide them in spiritual matters. There better be evidence that she knows how to submit to spiritual authority. There better be right. a body of evidence. Right. Because if there's not a body of evidence, Merry Christmas to you. Well, you're going to have fun with that gal. <laughs> a lot of young ladies, even in this kind of a Christian environment, want no spiritual accountability at all. The less spiritual their father is, the happier they are. That way they don't have to include, they feel like there's, and, and vice versa, young ladies, this is with the guy as well. If he didn't have spiritual authority in his life that holds him accountable, so when he's acting like an idiot, at 21, 22 guys do that, 
23, 24. I've, I have many in my life, so when I am going to make a big mistake, will look me in the eyes, take me to the office, make a phone call, say, Brother Thompson, that's just not a great idea. Thank you. And if that guy doesn't have spiritual authority in his life, then look him in the eye and say, stupid idea. Because here's what's going to happen. When you get married, he's still going to have a couple of stupid ideas. But if he has a spiritual idea, instead of you nagging at him and preaching at him, that spiritual authority is going to say, hey, stupid, don't do that. And he's going to listen. But what if he's never listened to any spiritual authority? And there are plenty of Christians just like that. There ain't no spiritual. Oh, they come to church, but there is definitely no spiritual authority in their life. True. Don't marry that guy. Because when things are going rough, you're going to need someone to look him in the eye and say, Stop it, stupid. You're going to mess up your marriage. You're going to mess up your kids. But he doesn't listen to anyone. And you handpicked that sucker. Then you want someone to shake up his day. But you handpicked him. And you knew before you got married he had no spiritual covering. That's on you. Teach your kids this. You better make sure that person they're interested in have lived principles of spiritual authority and they have a spiritual covering and they're the ones that sought it out. And they have a voice that they listen to and they submit to. Man or woman. Male or female. Young people, just these few simple last points could save you a lot of headache in life. A spiritual voice to provide feedback, honest feedback, accountability, honest accountability. If you do not know how to follow spiritual authority, you will not be spiritual in your authority. You'll be a manipulator. Now, here's what happens. People in, in this kind of environment, church all across the nation, they've, they've never wanted spiritual authority in their life. They don't have spiritual parents, a spiritual voice. They've been able to avoid their spiritual leaders and their pastor. And here's what you do. In order to get your will, you become a manipulator. And you don't want someone to disagree with you, so you ask questions in a way to make sure everyone does agree with you. And if anyone does disagree with you, you manipulate it to make it look like they did agree with you. And then you take that manipulation into marriage. Merry Christmas to whoever marries that person. And then the poor children are fathered or mothered by a spiritual manipulator that instead of rearing them by Bible principles, rears them through manipulation. Threats, bribes, coercion, craziness. And when Bible preaching would help that, it can't help it because they've already tuned out the spiritual voices in their life. They've lived without spiritual covering. I'm astounded by how many so-called spiritual leaders and, and pastors and missionaries and Christian workers don't have a pastor. They don't have a spiritual. They don't want one. I don't want anyone to be a clear voice. I, when my dad passed away, first thing I did, ran to three different men, asked them, will you be a spiritual voice in my life? Three different, because I thought each one had a different set of strengths. And I wanted a loud voice in all three of these areas. I was fearful one voice wouldn't keep me well balanced because they were strong in one area, weak in another. And when you have someone who considers himself such a spiritual authority that they don't need spiritual authority, you got a mess. 
And young ladies, if you have a young man who thinks himself so spiritual that he doesn't need spiritual covering or spiritual authority or spiritual guidance or spiritual feedback, don't marry that man because your marriage is going to be a problem. You married a manipulator. And that girl, listen, in this environment, at this age, you can look good all the way up to the moment of marriage. And you can convince that person, I've listened to authority, and I'm under the spiritual covering, and I'm good to go. Why don't you ever talk to your pastor? You're in the wrong church. If you think your pastor is so spiritual, you can even ask him a question concerning your future, you need to find a church where you can trust the pastor. Yes. I know the majority of the, the, the parents in here and the majority of the dads are spiritual enough, they're going to guide you spiritually. If that decision is so spiritual, how come you can't find two people to agree with the fact that it's spiritual? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, sit on that one for just a second. Yes, sir. Let me repeat that. If that decision is so spiritual, why do you struggle to find Two spiritual people that considers it spiritual. You know it's not. That's why you avoid the spiritual covering that God put. And here's what's crazy. Because the spiritual covering that God has provided you is so close they actually know about your life. Most young people will run to someone who knows nothing about their life to get approval. Proving once again they're a manipulator. Don't marry a manipulator. Let's say it all together. Don't marry a manipulator. Even greater than that, don't become a manipulator. God's giving you a spiritual covering. You've got a spiritual dad. You've got a spiritual youth pastor. You've got a spiritual pastor. All three love you. And guess what? I guarantee you when it comes to marriage, all three will be in total agreement. You want, uh, well, I'll probably get one of them to approve and the other one will be just, no, 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 no. I guarantee you this. Spiritually minded people are pretty like-minded people. Does this person listen to or respond to anyone? Now, let me say the last thing and we're done. Point number 12. Find out what they are passionate about. And ask yourself, do I have any passion for what they're passionate about? Now, if they're carnal enough to be regularly on social media, I would run. Yes. But I'm not you. I'm not you. That's just personal opinion. But if they're kind enough to regularly be on social media, check out their social media. They're passionate about sports and passionate about this and passionate about that. Yeah. Why do when we start recording, you deleted a bunch of stuff on your social media platforms? You say, if they're passionate about that, and I'm not, probably not a great match. If you're passionate about God and serving God, if you're passionate about youth, working with youth, and they're not, you're passionate about missions, and they're not, you're passionate about giving to missions, and they're not, just do a little check. Listen, every couple's unique. Everyone has different likes and dislikes. We understand all of that. But you better share some passions. And God, serving God, ought to be a shared passion. Amen? So young people, I want you to get married. 
in God's time. Trusting God connects you with the right person. But meanwhile, who should you be focused on? Should you be running around? Say, oh God, have you forgotten me? Where's my mate? No, you need to say, oh God, I want to prepare myself to be the right person. Amen. So when we get married, I'm the spiritual leader I need to be, the financial provider I need to be, the wife I need to be, the husband I need to be. Let's pray, Father. We pray tonight.